This is Andy Perrault for Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm delighted to be joined by the juggernaut Joe Joyce over Zoom. Joe, first and foremost, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm well, I'm good. Uh, it's just, uh, just got up really. That's <laughs> <laughs> good to hear. Now you're saying you just got up. Originally you asked to do 3pm, so was the plan to have a line till 3pm? Uh, you are not 3pm, but um, <clears throat> I don't know. Obviously during the lockdown it's hard to get into a routine, but... This um this week I've kind of been getting up. I've, I've been waking up early, but they're being tired all day. I don't know. So um, I managed to sleep in a little bit today, and then once you get up, how how are you find how are you finding life in lockdown, Joe? How, how is it kind of obviously it's been very different to what you've known for probably the past 15, 20 years of your life, having a a boxing routine to to kind of follow and a training regime to follow. What's lockdown been like for you? It's been, I don't know, it's been like a bit of a, a bit of a holiday, I don't know, a bit of a wind down and um, I've, you know, I've just managed to have a bit of time off and, you know, I've been just ticking over really, um, doing a few cycles and runs and, and stuff like that, but it's, um, you know, <laughs> I, I'm normally kind of in lockdown anyway, I, I like playing computer games, but it's been like a bit too long and then you get bored of the, you get bored of that. Like it, like normally like after training, I'm like, Oh yeah, I can have a, have a quick game or, or whatever. But um, it's just like too much time. And there's like, you've got so much time and nothing to do really. But um, we've been lucky with the weather. So it's been like, up, you know, been out there in the sun and um, managed to get to my dad's in, in Devon. I went there twice and went to the beach and that and went to Brighton, took my arms to Brighton last week and went went again with my girlfriend. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been all right. As I mentioned, obviously for, for a number of years you've been involved in the sport and you've always had some type of some type of preparation going on in your own life. Yeah. With kind of downtime. Has it been kind of important for you just to be able to reflect and to take your foot off the gas a little bit, I suppose? Yeah, and just like re refresh. Uh, just, you know, so when I get back to training, I'll be, you know, really... Because when you get that time off, I think you can like, you can kind of, yeah, you get a chance to reflect. And then when you come back, you, you really like want to get back, uh, get yourself back um, fit again and, and it doesn't seem monotonous or at all. You're like, you know, it's a fresh new start. So I'll be like, really looking forward to like hitting something and putting combinations together and, and working on stuff. And it, you know, it's been it's been a long time since I've boxed, so it's uh, you know, it's quite tough. Like it's especially this stage of my career, I I really don't need that much time off. I need to. Um, I need to get back in the ring again and uh, get some win, get some more wins under my belt. We'll start going through all that, and we'll start off with training. What have you been doing, or what can you do training-wise at this moment in time? Um, what I've been doing is um, a lot of my mates have got bikes, so uh, we went for a went for a cycle. I think we, where did we start? Virginia Water, and then we went all the way to Windsor Castle and back. 
And uh, yeah, that was that was a good rise. I've been, you know, riding around here. I went to Box Hill, up Box Hill, quite a few times. And um, we went to Richmond Park, like with my mum and my brother, before the lockdown. But then they obviously closed the parks because it was mad busy. <laughs> like <laughs> at, at the at first, yeah. So um, obviously things are starting to open up again. So I'll probably head there today. I, I don't I don't know if Richmond Park's open again, but. I, do you know? Do you know anything? You've got I any... don't know, mate. <laughs> Why don't you know? <laughs> I'm from Birmingham. I'm in the middle of nowhere, mate. Yeah, it's not, it's not that far. <laughs> um, obviously, you had that fight date ready with Daniel Dubois and you teamed back up with Ismail Salas. You was going to be training out in Vegas. I imagine that's obviously impacted your plans a lot. When or what kind of talks have you had with Salas or with the British Boxing Board of Control about when you could look to fly out, when you can start training again? Well, I've, uh, I've rung up Salah to see how he's doing. And he's, uh, it, you know, he's back in the gym training and he's got his uh, his little son training. He's really smart. Uh, he's he's uh, coming along. And um, I think the gym's like, like reopened again out there. Um, so he's been, he's been training some, some of the other fighters out there in Vegas. But um, I think some flights are starting to fly again, aren't they? So um, I'm not sure about to America and how hard it would be back to get to get to get back into America. Um, but we'll have to see. Maybe, uh, maybe when uh, things open up again properly, I can either head out there or maybe might be able to come over here. There are obviously, you know, restrictions in place with regards to flying and then, you know, for people coming into... Oh, and then the quarantine once you get there. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I need to... So, start from next week, I'll probably start uh, getting back into the gym uh, with Cam and hopefully get do, do some pads with with uh, someone else and, uh, like, just getting, get my body back right and, you know, start hitting pads again and... Um, and then take it from there. Just build up again. And then when, when I can when I get a chance to fly, then you know, probably head over there or I don't know, depend uh depends how so see uh, Queensbury and Frank Warren are, are gonna start putting boxing on again. So we'll see how that goes and then hopefully I'll get out in um in like September or something. Obviously depending on the travel restrictions that are in place, is there is there a chance or a possibility that you may team back up with a British coach if there are difficulties for you flying out to Vegas? You might team back up with uh, Adam Booth, for example. Is that something you've thought about? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a possibility. I don't know. I, I'd, have to, I'd have to ask him. <laughs> when you do, obviously, I haven't spoke to you about it, you know, Teaming back up with Ishmael, what what was the the plan and the thought behind it? Um, me and uh, Salas like gel really well, and I think because it's such an important fight in Daniel Dubois, it's one, one fight that I need to win, and then from then, then it propels me to you know for the big world title fights, and it obviously it ticks the bo box and silences all them like. You know the the fans that think Dubai is going to knock me, knock me out and put me to sleep, and uh, I just wanted to show everyone how uh, how good I am. 
what makes you feel that obviously Ishmael would be the better coach to, to kind of get the qualities out of you for the Dubois fight then? Um, I think more on like a, a an offensive side of things. And uh, I don't know, I think Salas really gets me and uh, and like I am familiar with his kind of style and I think it would his style would suit beat it, the beating of Daniel Duval. You mentioned there, you know, there's been a lot of people who've been saying they, they're thinking Daniel will stop you and he'll, he'll knock you out. What's your thoughts when you do read those comments? Well, you know, talk's cheap. Like, and, um, you know, who's who's making those comments? Have they... Uh, I don't know. I've I've sparred with the bar, so I know what he can... You know, he's a very strong guy. And if I, you know, leave my chin out there, it, he will take it off. So it's just about being smart and um, educated in the ring. And just... It might be a case of me just wearing him down. Like, slowly juggernaut him, bashing him up. And uh, try not to take too much in the process because he's got a strong punch, and you know I don't want to get laid out. He'd have to staple me to the floor, and um, you know he's got the power to do that. So it's a risky fight, and it's such an exciting fight. That's why people want to see it. And um, this fight needs to be in front of an audience. It can't be like behind closed doors. I don't think. I think uh, Frank Warren has agreed that too. Well, come on to you know, behind closed door shows and what have you in a, in a moment. But just to stick with the fight, I did an interview with Nathan Gorman a few days ago. Nathan said he could either see Daniel stopping you in the first six or you beating him beyond that. Do you think that that's the likelihood that, not necessarily that you think Daniel will stop you, but do you think that's Daniel's best chance to try and get, get at you early or you will beat him down the stretch? Yeah, I think that's quite an accurate uh Quite an accurate prediction. Prediction, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually watched that on um, on Instagram actually just uh, this morning. So yeah, I, I do agree with that. I mean, how in your own mind did you see the fight going before lockdown and before coronavirus became the global pandemic that it has become? I was I was in training camp in Vegas. I was ready. I was using the UFC facility for my strength work. I was training in Salas' new gym uh, with, with Ronnie as well and um, putting some good work, doing 12-round sparring. I sparred that in, in that. Um, yeah. And, the, um, and another two of the American heavyweights there, and they were like, you know, they're really top, top-notch. Had the speed, the power, like... Um, I was firing, firing on cylinders and I was just um, getting to the stage where I was really like starting to, um, you know, pick it up with fitness and speed. And, and I was just about to start doing my speed work, put, doing all my explosive explosiveness and my engine was there. I was, I was, I was ready to go, man. And, <laughs> and then like a huge spanner went in the spokes. What's your knowledge of when we could expect to see yourself and Daniel face each other? I don't know. Um, it, it just depends when it when it all opens up again, when there can be a crowd. So whether that's, um, I don't know, September, November, December, <laughs> January, February, I don't know when it, when it will be. But 
um, when it will be, it'll, you know, it still captures the imagination. Do you think there is a chance or that you are open to fighting behind closed doors if that was the only option? Fighting the bar behind closed doors? If it was the only option? Uh, possibly. Possibly. I suppose. But, uh, Go on, mate. What was you gonna say? But it's not. It won't be the same. It's not the same without a crowd. It'd be just a bit. It'd be just a bit dry and stale, like empty, empty hall, empty hall fires, mate. That's like that's like my amateur days when we go to like some I don't know European flipping tournament or something where there's just like there's just like a whole arena and like <laughs> there's only like coaches and like a couple of people there. Like, you hear a pin drop. <laughs> hear the wind. <laughs> I spoke to Sam Jones, your manager, a couple of weeks ago now, and he said that if he did reach a point where maybe September, October time rolls around and there's still no news as, as to when you and Daniel could face each other, he'd like to see you have a fight before you fought Daniel. Is that top kind of the path you could see happening if the Daniel fight wasn't happened by then? You're open to having a kind of a warm-up or a tick-over about before then? Yeah, I... I... I could do that. Even even Daniel could could probably do with one as well. I don't know. Do you think there's more pressure on him for yourself or Daniel? Um, it, he's like, you know, he wants like he's kind of the face of. It's 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 the battle of who's going to be the face of the you know Queensbury promotions. Frank Warren, and uh, we're both like fighting for that top spot. So it's uh so who has the most pressure? Well I've been in I feel like I've been in big fights with big big stadium fights like um the Olympics, Commonwealth games and stuff like that. So I know how to perform under pressure and in front of a large audience. So um I think my experience will be the deciding factor. Am I injured? I've always been curious to know. He's like you've just mentioned the the Olympics there, the, the events you've fought in front of you know, millions of people worldwide. What's an athlete's mindset going into about of such high magnitude? Where you know, I I'd feel the pressure. I know that I would if I was in that situation. How do you cope? What's your mindset heading into something of that level of pressure and magnitude? Um, I, ha I had a moment during the Olympics. I think my first fight, I was like, oh my God, it's the Olympics. <laughs> like, there's so many people watching. What am I going to do? <laughs> Shit. But um, yeah, I managed to get over that and like just, um, you know, get in the ring. I I've got my opponent there. and just. Uh, I think I stopped my first opponent. <laughs> Obviously, picking up that, that silver medal at the Olympics, it was a controversial decision, to say the least. How often do you reflect on it? How often do you, do you have kind of a bitterness towards that decision? Uh, yeah, but I, I now I don't really care now. Like uh, I just, I've moved on, and um, I don't know. I think I'm in a better place than than uh, matey anyway. <laughs> What do you make of the amateur judging system? You know, a lot of people talk about how it's not necessarily up to scratch or it can create controversy at many different tournaments. What are your thoughts on it? 
Well, <clears throat> so when I started boxing, it was still the computer scoring. So it was a bit like, I don't know, you could like, there was a way how it sorted out the averages that it could make someone like win or lose. It was a bit, it was a bit of a weird system. But then it obviously changed back to like a more pro pro system. Um, apart from if you knock someone down, you don't automatically get a ten eight round. It just it just counts as a point. So they're looking for for different things to judges. But um, you know the Olympic boxing is uh, unanimous for being bent anyway. Like uh, with Aiba and that. So um, I kind of it's like they already had decided who was going to be the, who was going to win the Olympics anyway. I think it was a bit, I um, smelt a, a rat. Uh, I, th- I knew something was going down when I, um, w- you know, when I was getting ready for the, to go out when I was in the final, uh, in the finals and that. And But I mean, it was a close fight and, um, you know, I've heard people argue either way, but I mean, most people think I won that fight. And um, it's now on YouTube again, so uh, uh, you can go and watch it again because they obviously took it off straight after the Olympics, didn't want anyone to see and uh, to fight that decision. So now you can uh, go and recount the, rescore the bout and see what you think. You said you could tell something was going on before the fight, before the final was going to take place. Just expand on that. What do you mean? I don't know because um, I'd always be I'd been in the red corner uh, for my, like for all my other fights, and then I was I was suddenly put in the blue, and uh, I don't know. I just had a I had a weird feeling like getting ready it didn't like quite feel right, and then obviously after. Yeah, after the first round, uh, Lee Pullen came in, and he I kind of could sense something was was going awry, and uh, so I thought I won the first round, and then the second round he he came and was like, "Joe, you're two rounds down, mate. You got to knock him out." So I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so I went in again, and I thought I bashed him up, and then. Uh, and then I think he's trying to showboat doing the alley shuffle, and then I was still hitting him. <laughs> like, and then, and then I think obviously in his his corner told him because like what we was doing was you know some of uh, you know all the rest like the rest of us that are in the crowd we could kind of see the computers before they you know before it gets announced. So what um, you know it show what the scores were for the round. So then they'd be like. Or like like that, and so they must have like been signalling. So they, I think he knew it was okay, and he knew he had won. Like if you look at his, like the coach was like, "Yeah, you've won this," you know. And the, after the third round, and then he obviously did his uh, celebration, and uh, and, uh, and yeah, and then I had to uh, had to have all them interviews and testing, and then no one wanted to go to the closing ceremony. <laughs> And then we had a party, but then I had media at 7.30 a.m. So I, could, so I couldn't stay up. So I, I think I stayed. I looked at the time. I was like, ah, it's four o'clock. So I better go to bed. And then I had to get up for media and then fly back. I didn't even get to see any of Rio. I wanted to see at least the Christ of Redeemer. And uh, was it Coco, bon- Coco, 
Cabana, Cabana, the Cabana beach. beach. Yeah. Yeah. See something. I was just like, I was just stuck in the bubble in the, um, in the training camp and the, and the village. That's all I saw. What's it like as an amateur being able to travel the world with, with your mates and with your pals? And um, I imagine you can you can maybe share a few stories that you guys used to get up to while she was out and about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's plenty of fun. Apart from the run, the runs in the morning, especially in Sheffield, when the coach were, coaches were taking the runs, where we had like three-minute <laughs> three free threes. Oh, so three minutes on, one minute off. <laughs> times three that used to be killer and then obviously when um, <clears throat> WSB started it was five three minute rounds on the track the indoor track man that used to kill us but um, yeah the train camps were good it's, it's like um, you know it's like being at school or at uni you're like you're with people your own age and it's like plenty of bants flying around and you know you're all going through the same grueling training together so it's uh, you know, it was a good experience and I got to travel the world and see like different countries that I, I wouldn't have normally gone to on holiday. You know, like, I don't know, uh, Ukraine, Estonia. Um, I, with the WSB, I went, one year I went uh, Cuba, China, yeah, Ukraine, and like Mexico. <laughs> so uh, I was, you know, I did a bit of travelling. We were speaking of uh that Olympic finals fight there with uh, Tony Oka. Both of you professionals now, if everything went to plan against Daniel, would you want to set the record straight with Tony? Would you like to have a fight with him as a professional? Um, yeah, if it was for good reason and uh, people wanted to see it, like, yeah, I mean, if it, uh, if it makes sense, then I'll consider it. I don't think there's ever been an Olympic final rematch. Uh, no, I just remember Conlon versus Nikitin. I know that wasn't a final, obviously, but that was a, a controversial decision. Yeah. 16, so, yeah. So, um, could right the wrongs there. That'd be, that'd be, be the fourth out in. I thought I beat him all three, but, um, <laughs> so I beat him the first one in the European games and then the Worlds, I was coming off injury, but it was a close, closer fight and well, I still think I edged it. And then, obviously the Olympics. I thought I won that. And he both times for the for the Europe for the Worlds and the Olympics, he had um, Philip Hergovic. And like those two decisions were a bit funny as well. <laughs> but I don't know. There you go. It is the sport of boxing. Um, it's not like hundred meters where. If you're faster than someone, you're faster than someone. There's no like, there's no like, oh no, nah. no. Nah, but uh, you know what I mean. No, it's, not, it's not down to the the judges. Um, just to move back to and my final question on Daniel, there was some talk from you know Frank, your promoter, saying that they'd look to make or they think Daniel will be ready to face Deontay Wilder within a year or so. When you read that, or when you saw that, what was your thoughts? Um, well, it's a bit like, what is he, is he trying to like over, are they trying to like overlook my fight or are they trying to look for other options? I, I don't know. So it's just, uh, 
I think they obviously they both can bang, but I don't think the bar's ready for Wilder just yet. He has to get through me first, which he's not. Do you see the potential? Oh, was you going to say? So, what? <laughs> Exhibit? <laughs> no, <I'm> joking. <laughs> Um, do you see the potential in Ninjo? Do you see like why people talk about him as having a, a long future up at the top of the heavyweight division? Um, yeah, I mean the guy's only twenty-two, so you know he's got he's got a lot of years to come, and uh, yeah, I can see it. I mean he's got the he's got the attributes to become a world champion. Joe, you obviously you mentioned um, sparring with Francis and Garnu as well earlier. There's been some talk about a potential cross sport clash between himself and Dillian White. If we was to see that, Joe, what are your thoughts on it? Knowing you've shared the ring with uh, Francis, uh, Francis yeah. Cambang is very strong, <laughs> mate. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, who knows? He could, he could not, he could not Dillian White out, man. <laughs> but you know, Dillian White's obviously tough and. He's uh, done more boxing, but he's done kickboxing as well. So maybe they could uh, they could do one one each. <laughs> he could probably do a bit of UFC as well. From your sparring experiences, do you feel Ngannou could adapt to boxing and have a good fight with, or a competitive fight rather with Dillian White? Yeah, definitely. Because if he see with UFC, it's so many disciplines that you have to train for. You have to have a good stand-up game, which involves boxing, kickboxing, uh, I don't know, Thai boxing. And then you've got to have a good ground game, so wrestling, jiu-jitsu, stuff like that. And, um, you know, your body's like more well-rounded for, you know, for actual fighting. And boxing is obviously a lot more simple, but it's the sweet science. So you have... It's more refined because you're only using your hands, so your footwork, your head movement, and your your punch techniques and variety of punches has to be a lot greater than UFC, where you have um, your guard can be a bit looser because you've got your kicks, you've got your front kick, you've got you know you're spinning back, you got your kicks are like longer range than your jabs, so it's a different distance. So when you come in close. Yeah, you know, you don't know where where it's coming from. If it's going to be a kick, it's going to be a punch. You know what I mean? And then if you get too close, and it turns into grappling, and then you're like, you, your arms being almost broken. So like, you know what I mean? You need to you need to have you need to be able to defend or attack against all those things. My final question, Joe. Before I do leave you to enjoy the rest of your day. There's a lot of talk at the minute about that potential undisputed heavyweight title fight between Anthony Joshua, somebody who you'll know very well from your GB days, and Tyson Fury. If the pair were to meet in the near future, what are your thoughts on it? How do you see it playing out? It's a, it's a big fight. Uh, I could, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to, to they finally to finally get in the ring and uh, see who's number one. Because um, I don't know. Because obviously they've both showed um, they can go on the front foot and the back foot. Joshua is, you know, he's a beast. He's 
he can punch and he can put them together. So he's, he, he's got very dangerous punch punch output. But then Tyson Fury, he's not he's not going to stay there and wait for him to be hit, uh, wait to be hit. And he's taller than Joshua with a longer range, and he's got better head movement. And he, you know, he, um, you know, it's going to be an interesting fight. I can't. Oh, and um, yeah, and um, I think yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna definitely be an interesting fight because they can both trouble each other with punches and you know knock each other out. Obviously, Joshua's got like the more like classic, classic boxing style, you know, um, high guard. And um, Fury is also, you know, can you know the low guard and um, elusive style. But then, uh, yeah, obviously Joshua could go on the back foot, etc. But maybe not as well as um, Tyson Fury. So yeah, it's gonna, it's going to be interesting. Well, Joe, we will leave that there now. Then, like I say, but before I let you go, what would you like to say to everyone who does tune in to watch our interview? Um. I don't know. Hopefully you've enjoyed it and um, you'll just stay tuned for my next fight. Joe, it um, Stay well, stay healthy and um, yeah, just uh, keep it moving and uh, support your uh, l uh, local black businesses. Joe, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you and I'll hopefully speak to you soon. Stay safe and thank you for speaking to Boxing Social.